to get to the lady that sells tamales out of school or the mechanic that works in his house, you cannot get with social media. And then you get an ad on social media, open your bank account. That's not how it works in the bottom of the pyramid. So you have to have this um, confidence, this uh, human touch to get to this face of the pyramid. And, and the financial institutions that we're working with, they have been in the market for over 30 years. And they have these field officers that have worked with these people for years. So when you get them, uh, it, you, you, you have to open a bank account with our application, which is the Creo app. They say, of course, yeah, the, the money isn't a regulated financial institution because we, we cannot take deposits. Uh, so the regulated financial institution is the one that knows the customers and it's in the field. So that's our biggest difference from other fintechs because we, we bet on a hybrid model. Every time we go to a country, we look for a financial institution that has been in the market and that knows the customers. Because when you get with all technology, giving out some ads and giving out money, they are targeting the banked people. We want to go to the underbanked population that doesn't have financial services. Oh, hi, Ileana. It is an absolute super pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you, Monica. I'm so glad that you invited me. I'm here very, very happy with you. Thank you. And for everyone, Ileana needs a super special intro because Ileana was my boss <laughs> in my very first job back in Mexico. So she had a massive influence in my life <laughs> that steered my career in the right path. So thank you, Ileana. Uh, thank a you, Monique. It was a real pressure, uh, pleasure uh, working with you in, in your first job with me. Yes. And then it's it's amazing because it's been like, what, almost, I don't know, many, 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 many years over a decade. And then we both went to different paths and now we're both in the fintech space doing what we were doing when we first met 17 years ago, that it was helping people with financial services and their financial well-being. So it's awesome that even over time, we kind of like continue with the same mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I, I mean, when, when we worked together like 17 years ago, this was our dream. And now that technology uh, has helped us to, to build this dream. So, yeah, I'm very, very happy that, that, that after 17 years, we're in the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. So let's get started. This podcast is about how we can build purpose-driven fintechs and how, how we can have more impact. So in your opinion... What is it that we can do as an industry to build more purpose-driven fintechs? There's a lot of fintechs and there's a lot of different fintechs that offer different services for different population and for different audiences and for different segments of the population. But one thing that it's really important, it's to build products from the customer standpoint. Build, building a product, it's easy. You just, just build it into the technology and then you offer it. But building a product that satisfies the needs of the specific people that you're targeting, that's one of the main things that we should all start doing. There's a lot of fintechs that they're doing the same. Some of them are doing different. There's a lot of in, in, in one segment of the population. But I think that if we start to build the products satisfying the needs of the uh, targeted population, this will be a different, uh, a different ecosystem. Yes, totally agree. And then because it's, it starts with customer. A, a, a guest said last week, 
putting the customer at the heart of everything that you do. And I love that word because it's not at the center of what you do. It's at the heart. Exactly, exactly. Because you try to solve one thing or different things, but you have to, to know what the situation of that customer is in order for you to build something that it really helps to, to solve common problems in their lives, like uh, saving $1 a day or spending $1 a day. So it's really, or going to the market or uh, buying uh, food. So if, if, if we understand the real problem, the common problem that we all have, then we can build a product that solves that needs. Yes, totally, totally, totally. So what are you doing in Tecreo? Tecreo, it's a digital platform that offers the technology for financial institutions that have been in the market for the underbanked population in Latin America. So it empowers the financial institutions to offer financial services and transform digitally the, the financial institution in order for them to offer a wide range of financial services. For example, in Mexico, we are partnered with a regulated financial institution that has been in the market for more, more than 30 years, that knows and understands the market of the, of the base of the pyramid. And uh, we provide the technology for that financial institution through an application. And we are the front of the customer, giving them a, a, a beautiful customer journey in order for them to access financial services. And, and, and then the result of that is that the microfinance institution will grow exponentially. It will transform digitally and it will have a lot of new products and services that in the traditional way they had. On these financial institutions that we started in Mexico, and right now we are already in Bolivia as well, they have loan products, microloans, microcredits, financial services for the under, under, underserved. But now they have savings and they have loans, different types of loans, different types of savings, financial, financial education, uh, a marketplace, insurance, transfers, payments, a debit card. So we see Tecreo as a tool for financial inclusion and financial inclusion for us is a, all the financial services that you need at any moment in your life to be accessible at, at, in your application, no, no matter where you are. So that's financial inclusion for us. And Tecreo, it's empowering these financial institutions in order for them to, to, to extend their arms into different populations and different segments that, that they'll have to build a branch and, and hire new field officers in order to reach those populations and technology has gifted us with this technology in order for them to, to, to extend their arms or uh, on, on other places. Oh, I love that. And I was about to ask, oh, oh my God, there's so much in that last minute. Let's just deep dive a little bit deeper. But I loved what you just said that it caught my attention. Basically, there's these institutions that still have branches and they still are using agents to go to people. In my world, in many fintechers, developed countries mind, we have this conversation of, hey, the big banks moving away from branches. And you're like, no, we are empowering branches to reach this population. That's awesome. Can you expand on that? Yeah, of course, because... To get to the lady that sells tamales out of school, 
or the mechanic that works in his house, you cannot get with social media. And then you get an ad on social media, open your bank account, and that's not how it works in the, in the, in the bottom of the pyramid. So you have to have this um, confidence. You have to have this uh, human touch to get to this, to this space of the pyramid. And, and the financial institutions that we're working with, they have been in the market for over 30 years. And they have these field officers that have worked with these people for years. So when you, when you get them, uh, it, you, you, you have to open a bank account with our application, which is the Creo app. They say, of course, yeah. The, the money is in the regulated financial institution because we cannot uh, get the, the, the savings and we, we cannot take deposits. Uh, so the regulated financial institution is the one that knows the customers and it's in the field. So that's our difference, uh, our, mo our like, biggest difference from other fintechs because we, we bet on a hybrid model. So every time we go to a country, we look for a financial institution that has been in the market and that knows the customers. Because when you get with all technology, giving out some ads and giving out money, they are targeting the banked people. We want to go to the underbanked population that doesn't have financial services. I have so many questions now. <laughs> yes. Okay. Who are these underbanked people that do not have financial services? Because And the reason why I'm asking this is because you're totally right. Like the 90% of fintechs, oh, we're digital, we're savvy. We are trying to build financial well-being for everyone. And there's this narrative of accessibility and the underbanked and the unbanked. And everyone claims that they are targeting the underbanked. But yeah. given the explanation that you just said, we have that in our mind as a concept, but in reality, very people, very few people are doing that. And that's people like the Creo. So who are the underbank? Giving you a little bit of numbers. 62% of the population in Mexico do not have a bank account. 62% of the population. In Latin America, you can go and it's around uh, 50% of the population that do not have bank accounts. Some, some countries it's 40, some countries it's uh, 50. Spanish speaking Latin. So it's, it's an opportunity, a huge opportunity. And you go to the U.S. and you have at least 40 million Hispanics that do not have access to financial services. So our, with Tecreo, we want to reach continental America to give access to financial services anytime to anyone and wherever. You don't always need a loan, but you might always have money to save. And you have to pay the, the, the utility bills. You have to charge your cell phone, which is another thing that in these countries in LATAM, 80% of the population have a prepaid phone. So they spend 50 pesos and the equivalent in dollars every, every week in recharging their phones, in buying airtime. You, you need that type of solutions, which we were talking about at the, at the beginning, Because they do that and they go to the mom and pop shop to buy the airtime. And if you give them the, the opportunity to have this application and whenever they are with, of course, cash in and cash out solutions, then you are solving their daily problem. Not to take a bus and then to go to the mom and pop, mom and shop, mom and pop shop to buy airtime or to save a little bit of money. So you give them the tools in order for them to solve their day to day problems. Yes, and I think here the key word is day-to-day. -day. Yes. 
So as I was telling you, not everyone needs a loan because some are, there there are, there are a lot of good, very good fintechs that are offering only loans. But no, no, probably you have a loan, or probably you don't have a loan right now. And but you had have a loan at some point point in your life. So you you don't have to have that every time, and you might always save a dollar or two dollars or a hundred or thousand dollars. So if you can solve them all these. Op- financial services than an insurance. So yeah, so that that's that's the underbank population that we are talking about. These ladies, mothers of families that they live alone, that they are in charge of all their own their their all their kids. And so yeah, those are the underbank population that they don't get with Facebook ads and and open a bank account because it's it's really difficult for them. Yes. And I also know that you say the ladies, basically, I just saw that 60% of your customer base is women. That's impressive. Can you tell us more? How did you do that? (laughs) Yeah. From years back that women are, at least in Mexico and a lot of parts of Latin America, are the the head of the family. Because women have have been always good payers in the loans very good managers in their homes and they do need the tools in order for them to save even if they don't have a bank account they save in their kitchens they save under the mattress which is a really a common slogan that everyone uses but it's it's real if you see the numbers of the research that they do is that they do save but in informal ways people save and and in the base of the pyramid since they don't have uh, a continuous income on 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 their day to day they have to save because sometimes they do not sell the tamales and they will have to save for that day that they didn't save so and in in the pandemic and they 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 could not stop working because they have to work in order to eat every day so they do save to get a continuous income over time so that's the underbanked people that we have been working with them for over 19 years yes as you explain, basically the customer pain point, I'm like, that is tough. I put myself in their shoes and I'm like, that is really tough that you have to go and sell tacos, tamales, whatever is it that you're selling. And if you didn't sell, you don't eat. You don't eat. And yeah. I'm like, Ugh. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a reality that is really difficult to get in. And that, that has been our dream making them save and then having them alone. And of course, you get to more sophisticated products that that's our goal that we can talk about a little bit later. So now that we have gone into the root of the underbanked and, and it's a major problem in Mexico and Batam as well, when we talk about financial well-being, most of the narrative is thinking about the digital savvy Oh, kind of definition of financial well-being for that customer. What's your definition of financial well-being in the context of the underbanked population? I think that the financial well-being, it's, it's more or less the same for everyone, but depending on the amount of income that you get every day. But financial well-being, of course, it's knowing how much you have in income and how much you spend first of all if you know that then you have you are heads up on on 
the, the most on most people because sometimes you don't know how much you get in and then you how much you get out and then you know that you're in a deficit or in a surplus of an amount of money every day or every week or every month depending on the amount of income that you have. So financial well-being for me it's um, first knowing your numbers, then knowing how to use them, knowing in a, a little bit more sophisticated is when to save and where and when to uh, invest in something, when to rent and when to buy. Uh, so th those financial concepts that probably we studied in the masters or in our B BS when we were younger, <laughs> but but there's no financial education in the in in the system in everyone. So children do not know that. So one thing is to know about the products, and then one thing is to understand it and use them mm -hmm. well. So don't don't be over debt. If you have a lot of debt, and then you 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 have like a uh, like a mountain of snow that takes you away and then you 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 have to ask money to everyone. So I think that financial well-being is that. It's knowing when to use the money to to in into what kind of product that you will that 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 you have in your hands. I like that definition because it's not only know your numbers as in the metrics that you need to know, but then know what to do with them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It, it it is proven that the low income segment of the population save, but then what do they yes. do with their savings? They put them, as I said, in the kitchen in a small pot. They save that for every month. If they had financial inclusion, then they will do it in in a bank account in order to get interest. If they would have the financial well being, they will have these because they save for a rainy day. So that's the the, the difference for me, right? Yeah, yeah, and and. How do you think we can achieve financial inclusion? <laughs> it's 60% of the country is out, right? So how do we include them in? Yeah, financial inclusion, it's, um, I mean, as you said, everyone uh, goes out and say that they are doing, fin we are all doing financial inclusion. But as I was telling you, financial inclusion for us, it's offering all the products that you need at any time in your lifetime. So uh, how to how to get to financial inclusion? I think that it's a problem for everyone. It's not only for one, two, three financial institutions or fintechs to solve. I think that we should start. I was working on a panel, talking on a panel sometime this month. And I was telling that if you teach your children from the very, very beginning to save and to know what the savings would do for you on over time, when you get old, you if you saved, you have a, a head problem up from the the other guys. So if we should start doing financial education since they're children, and then giving access to financial services because access is one of the yeah. most important things. And what's happened with the Creo is that we sought this opportunity for with the technology because I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give you an example before COVID. When you wanted to open an account, you had to take a bus to go to the branch and deposit $2 because that's the amount of money that they save to deposit $2 and then si sign like a bunch of papers this big. And it was so costly for the customer and for the financial institution that it was like no, o sea, no, no effective at all. And now that we have the technology, you can open an account with Tecreo in three minutes with your ID, a biometric face ID, and then you get a, a, a bank account. And we are giving them money to open the bank account. If you 
download the app, we give you a little bit of money. If you recommend someone to get the app, we'll give a little bit of money. It's a very, very small portion, but we're giving them for free and in their houses. Uh, so the cost of that, it's less than zero. So the, the cost that it was absolutely non-efficient and not productive, then now we have. So that financial access, it's one of the most important things for financial inclusion. We really have to give access to all the people and not only to the ones that they are already banked. Of course, that if you want to change your service uh, from one bank to a fintech, of course, they're better than the banks, of course. But how, how, how should we go to these people that they do not have access? So technology has gifted us with that, and we are so happy about that. In Tecreo, we already have 400,000 customers in the application. So we have had a lot of traction on that. Yes, awesome. And then, okay, we have the traction. We have customers coming into the financial services system because now it's easy, under three minutes. And then what are the pain points that we're solving for once they are in? As I was telling you in, in the application, which is a, another one of our differentiators, is that in the app you can have, we, we right now have four types of savings, uh, three types of loans, transfers, payments, a debit card. We started a, a credit card uh, like this week. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. It's our new feature. So the pain, po pain points, it's, of course, one is the cash in and the cash out because there's a lot of Cash, cash is king still in a lot of Latin countries. But then if you use these mom and um, pop shops in order for use them into to cash in and cash out, then you have solved the problem. And that's what that was what we have done. The other pain point is, of course, the, the age of the people. Of course, it will take a while in order for us to get to all the population in Latin America. Of course, that I would love to have uh, an impact in these 62% in Mexico that they do not have bank accounts. Of course, by the next uh, research that they do, we will have less people in, in that situation. But then the, the, the pain points is the cash in and the cash out, then the moms and pop shops, then uh, that the the age because there are some people that are seventy or older that they do not use apps. But then you 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 can have all these new kids that start and live and probably since the womb they do know how to use the app, right? Uh, we we have a, we had a different uh, problem you and me, and that that would be the pain points. And also one of the challenges that we had when we started Tecreo and they tell, told us that no. That's not a work. That's not going to work because they don't have a, an email. They do have a smartphone be because everyone has a mm. smartphone. 95% of the population in Mexico has a smartphone. So once they have a smartphone, they have an email. Probably they don't use it because they don't exchange don't emails from you and I, but they do have an email. So it starts with educating these and it will take time. But that that has been one of the challenges that we have. But the traction is incredible. So we are solving that. The user experience, you have to do it. Big buttons, big letters, very, very little clicks. And then you can have a good experience. And then you have the word of mouth. Awesome. You opened my eyes to the user experience. It is. It has to be different to your traditional Revolut monsters of this world, which are targeting another population. Yes, of course. It has to be very, very different because they don't know terms and they are not familiar with a lot of terms that you can, you, you and I can be 
familiar. So we use big buttons, we use big big letters because they they have big big fingers. They use their hands to work. So they have big fingers and you have to do it with big letters and very very easy. You want to save click here. How much? It's nothing nothing uh sophisticated. It's two clicks and you have done it. So we work very very hard in doing things simple and it's really difficult to do things simple. It's harder yes, it to do it simple than yes. do it complicated. Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So now that we are like getting into product territory as such. Coming back to the customer, what is it that they love about the Creo? One of the things is easy to use. It's 24-7. You can transfer money from one account to another 24-7. Doesn't matter the limits. It's from the standpoint of view of the customer. 24-7 works very well. And the speed of developing new features, we have in two years started with an app that only had transactions. And now we have, as I told you, a lot of features and we're always working on more. So the speed of developing has really made us very, very different. Yes. And I was like, that caught my attention because I'm like, you guys are pre-seed. And then in just two years, you built the whole product suite. While for many of us, it's taken years. What was your product strategy? Like, how did you go about the building so many things so fast? You are not getting a license. The regulatory framework is different in each country. But for example, for many of us, we get an e-money license. And then you have to get different licenses if you want to offer lending or investments, this, the other. What was your secret to building the whole suite in two years? We didn't build it in one day, that's for sure. Of course. And what we have, it's we are three founders. One is a very, very techie geek super guy that had been has been working in the segment as well for 19 years. The other guy is a businessman, absolutely. No. And I have always done product development. I've always worked with people and I've always knew how to, from one idea to convert it into operational and then uh, move it into operation things. So we three started like we were going to Silicon Valley and to all these fairs and we like exploded our brains and said, we now can do whatever we wanted to do all this time. So we founded Tecreo on, on October 2021 and we started developing the application. Of course, we had one service provider that gave us an application that already existed. So we just put that look and feel. But then on the meantime, we built our own and then we changed it. And so now it's proprietary, the, the technology. And we started with, of course, an MVP and we developed a roadmap and we worked very, very hard in order for us to build each of the product along with a financial institution because the financial institution is the one that gives us the, the, the rates and the, 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 regulatory framework and the risks that they are willing to take in order to offer loans through digital through digital market so we we started small and we developed our technology and we have put a lot of effort into transforming this application in order to to have the best solution and state of the art technology and we're always investing in that 
So we had very, very good people and a lot of brains in it in order to build it. Good. Yeah, I think you've done a great job <laughs> because it takes, even even if it's with a partnership, it takes a lot to build a fintech and it's a, your pre-seed and then it's, you have the full suite and in two yeah. years you have 400,000 customers, 60% are women. I'm like, you have like key metrics that are like... Cool. It's uh -uh. and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a show off, but we are already profitable. Oh my god, that's amazing! Congrats. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. yes, that is like woo -woo. amazing. Yeah I, yeah, I know that's an amazing milestone that we have since we have been in the market for years, and we are we know the market. We we wanted to be break even, so we worked very hard on putting our costs down and attracting the customers and building the things. So we have been uh, profitable since April this year. And uh, we have, of course, infinite runway right now. And uh, I want to show off as, as well that we just closed two weeks ago a second round. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah. We are already in Bolivia starting. Two months ago, we started in Bolivia and we will probably start our third country uh, next year. Awesome. Which then leads me to... A big question. Right now it's November, it's end of the year, and then it's planning, <laughs> planning season. How do you go about your planning for next year, both strategic planning and product roadmap planning? Because exactly, going into another country, it's a big deal as well. It's like the, the whole company starts changing as you start doing market expansion. Yeah, we, as our, we, we haven't finished the year yet. So we are, are starting our secure card lending this week. We launched it. So we um, have great, great expect, expectations on that, on, on that credit card because it's, it's also first credit card for the people that do not have credit history or the people that have bad credit history so they can clean up their credit history. So we uh, launched our credit card and it will deploy on this on this month and a half that we have on this this uh, year and then we have a new business model yeah yeah, yeah. you you know me and i never stopped <laughs> yeah. you know what at some i'm going to interrupt you at some point when you were talking and saying yeah i'm really good at taking this idea and then taking the ideas all the way through operationalizing it i'm like oh my god that's one of my strengths like genuinely that's one of my biggest strengths And I'm like, now I know where I learned it from. I learned that in my first job. That's how you work, right? You have this idea and then you think of the you're personalizing and it goes live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm like, I learned that from you. I learned <laughs> that from you. I didn't know. <laughs> Oh, that, that's that's great. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. But, but I, mean, I, I was telling you about this new business model, which is we started with the application in order to give financial access to people. Okay. But there's a huge opportunity in small businesses. So SMBs is a huge gap of underserved SMBs that they still use cash to pay their employees every, every week. Yeah. So they also lack of financial services through the traditional banks. So what we built and we are about to launch the end of this month is a platform for the regulated financial institutions as well to give them the opportunity to bring small SMBs in order to give them as well cash management, savings, loans, payroll, corporate cards. So whatever. So we have a very big roadmap on this Tecreo business 
that we just launched launched with the MVP, which is all, all only cash management and and savings. But we have a huge roadmap for next year in order to deploy all the products that we have in mind into this platform, which is the Creo business. So that's one of the things that we are finishing this year: the Creo business and the Secure Card credit. And of course, next year it's it's raising again, man. Yes, I know. Yeah, I was about to say that sounds amazing. Like you have a strong consumer business, you're about to enter the SMB that it's totally underserved globally, I believe. And I was like, what's your biggest challenge next year then? Fundraising. We have a, we, we have a few challenges next year. Of course, one is fundraising. Another one, it's going to the third country, as I was telling you. Mm. And of course, the challenge that has always on, it's always on our minds, it's generating more revenue, of course. We closed this round two weeks ago, 3.4 million. Yeah, it's great. And we are investing in technology, investing in marketing, investing in people, investing in the country. But we want to, of course, to generate more income while spending a little bit more. So we are always focused on on, on staying in black numbers, even even though we are about to revamp the, the marketing side and the technology that we'd always, it's like one thing that you always have to do. But our challenges for next year, it's generating more revenue, our Series A and and the third country. That's like our top priorities, of course, mm-hmm. and developing all the products that we want. Yes, <laughs> being uh, the day-to-day fintech. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you mentioned the word fundraising a few times. Uh, you've raised funds recently. You'll go into Series A next year. It's obvious, right? You're a woman. <laughs> You're a female co-founder. And we know statistically it's 2% of VC funds go into female-founded fintechs, which is quite sad. What has been your experience as a female co-founder? It has been um, a journey. Of course, it's been new for me. And, and it, uh, I've learned so many things every day. Uh, but it has been really, really a journey for me. Uh, between, like, I have had a lot of nasty experiences. And not nasty experiences, but some some investors do not look into the eye of a woman in order to... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I've, I've had that. Are you real? So we have... This uh, is like well-educated people. Of course. That's but, insane. Yeah, that's insane. But I have had uh, in, in a few, in a few, not in, of, of course, not in the majority, but in a few, which is we go into these networking events and then we make a pitch, a 10-minute pitch or a five-minute pitch. And depending on, on the VC investor that we have on hand, we decide who speaks. Mostly, I I do the pitch, but whenever we see that the that the investor do not look me in the eye and they and he looks in the eye on my other two co-founders, then I just go like a, a step a little bit back, and then I just like put some input to, in, in in to complement any of the commentaries. But it's amazing the way that there's some investors that they don't look into the eye of a woman, so. Okay, yeah, okay, whatever. So it has been as complicated, but I I do a lot of follow-up. Me, I'm very persistent and I do a lot of follow-up with all the investors that we get in touch and I send a newsletter every month so they know me. And it has been complicated, but but 
we have raised two, two series. So yes. we've done it. Yeah, it's difficult, but not impossible. And you've got an amazing business. Yeah. And you are properly solving a genuine need in a differentiated way because you know this customer. Like, I met you 17 years ago and we were working with this segment. Yes. You're still working and with this segment. You know them. Yeah. So, so it's like we have the business model. We have the, the experience on the segment of the population and we have the skills and we have a very good product. And scalable, of course, we have a huge market to go into. And, and there's not a lot of fintechs that they go into this market. So we're very unique in that, in, in that thing. So it has been very difficult, but we are here and we have fundraised and we are so proud of ourselves because of we have achieved. Yes, I'm very proud of you too. Um, so as we get to the, towards the end of the episode, where can we find you? And we are in Mexico, based in headquarters in Mexico. We have our LinkedIn and we have our website and we are here anytime that you need us. Amazing. And then of course, I'll add the details in the show notes. <laughs> uh, and this is like a question I love to ask to everyone at the end of the episode. If there was one thing, just one thing that you could change in the industry that could make the lives of customers, colleagues, and shareholders better? What would that be? That's a very difficult question because mm -hmm. there's a lot of different industries, markets, products. So really, it would depend on each of the market and segments that we are doing. But I think that I'll go back to the first question. If you build that product, of any kind of segment or any kind of industry or vertical, if you build the products thinking on the customer uh, from the cart, as you said, if you build the products thinking of making them, giving them the solution to their everyday problem, then you can make a difference in everyone because then the market gets into your product and then you have a win. Definitely. I love it. It's been an absolute pleasure having you in the show, Liliana. I'm oh, wishing you all the success of the world in the coming years and decades. Thank you so much, Moni. And, and it has been a pleasure for me as well. And I would love to continue the conversation with you because we have so many things to do. We have so much products. We, have, we are always doing some things. So I will keep in touch with you and I will give you our updates. I can send you like the newsletter every month. So yes, yes. So you can yes. catch up. Happy to, yes. And I would love to continue this conversation some other time. Yes, we can do part two <laughs> yeah, as well. Part two I mean, next year. I have a lot of things to tell you. Yes, yes, definitely. Actually, that's a great idea. Part two in six, nine, 12 months. And we're like, how did the business, SMB business go? Where, how did market expansion go? Let's go back in time. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Part two. Cool. Yeah, you're on. Part two. Yes, we are. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. In the meantime, remember to think customer, colleagues, and let's go and have some impact. Ciao, Thank ciao. you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. Your time and energy means a lot. If you want to support the show, remember to give it a follow and DM me to get in touch. I promise I do respond.